Hey, welcome to the Rooted to Live podcast with Jason Tovey. The hope is that this podcast would encourage you to live loved, to live in God the Father's love for you, and to encourage you in creating authentic relationships. And today I've just been thinking through, or been wondering lately, about the idea of friendship. Can you remember your first best friend? Uh, when I think about it, I can I can remember my next door neighbor at six years old. Uh, her name was Laura. We used to ride big wheels together. I had a Dukes of Hazard big wheel, I remember, with a lever on the side to spin out. Yeah, it's uh, pretty cool, you can imagine. Eventually, from big wheels, we moved to bikes with training wheels and then to BMX bikes and riding on the trails and through woods and uh, basically like all day, every day in the summer. Can any of you remember being told to go outside and uh, stay outside until the sun comes down? That's what it was like. And eventually Laura moved away and other best friends came into my life and uh, friends from school and friends from church. Some of those friends are still best friends today. And at the risk of coming off condescending, I've been wondering, you know, uh, what makes a friend? Is it simply being in the right place at the right time or having a common interests? Or maybe it's just sharing an inside joke. I'd love to be part of one someday. Or is there more? Uh, Time, commitment, encouragement. Several years ago, I heard this stat. um, Maybe it was through a men's ministry. That 90% of men don't have a best friend, meaning they don't have someone to talk to or connect with beyond the question, how is work going or did you see the game? And I'd imagine uh, that for women, there's many women that are longing for friendship or kinship as well, but finding it difficult to, to locate. The Bible speaks to friendship, actually. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6, we read, Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find. So what do you think people usually mean when they proclaim love for someone? I think most people use the word love in the context of, I like what this does for me. I could say I love my wife and I love mint chocolate chip ice cream. Now, my wife should be offended that I use the same word to kind of show my connection to both her and ice cream, and yet we have the one word, love. And I think most people usually mean I like what that thing or that person does for me. And the math of that tells us, too, that if it stops doing for me what I like or if I find something better, I'm I'm gone or I'll move on. So what is the love speaking of that we find in scripture. What does that speak toward? Well, we would say unconditional love. It's a, it's like a love that says um, there's no conditions. There's no if then. I've defined love in the past. I think I picked it up from my father years ago. That love is a choice to yield to another's best interest. It's like a no strings attached kind of love. It's a it's a choice that says it's a love that says um, there's nothing that you can do to undo my choice for you. And it's this kind of love that the Father had for us when he sent his son, Jesus. It's this kind of love that Christ had when he went to the cross for our sake, of course. And I would also suggest that it's this kind of love that moves the Spirit to take up willing residence in our very own bodies. And many people, the proverb tells us, claim this kind of love. Being a pastor as long as I have, I've done lots of weddings. And in the course of a wedding, eventually I turn to the groom and I'll say something like, will you receive this woman to be your wife as God's most precious gift to you? 
Will you live together with her as your companion for life? Will you love her and lead her as God has instructed? Will you give yourself to her and for her? Will you listen to her and seek to understand her? And will you forsake all others being faithful to her until God shall separate you by death? Now, what do you imagine is every groom's response? Well, the response is, I will. Now, do you think that the grooms uh, at weddings are thinking to themselves, I can't wait to die to myself? Of course not. But the groom commits before God unto his wife of a vow of love and faithfulness. So, till death, he pledges his love and faithfulness. We speak such vows. We make declarations. Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love. But do our lives reflect it? Can we find faithfulness? Now here comes to friendship. Another version of this proverb is, Many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? So wisdom, and Proverbs are statements of wisdom. Wisdom teaches that friendship is marked by love and faithfulness. The contrast isn't between love and faithfulness, but between um, talking and doing. And if we're honest, we've all fallen short from time to time, myself included. I'm only hopeful, and, and I pray that for those that I've proven to not be a faithful friend, that they would forgive me. Is there anyone who has proclaimed love and faithfulness and has performed perfectly according to what God, what they've promised? Well, only, of course, our Lord, our Lord and God. We can only imitate God inasmuch as we press into our relationship with him, looking to Jesus, of course, and from that relationship, God's Holy Spirit produces his character in us. We, we can't conjure up unconditional love. We can't conjure up God's style of faithfulness. We can't do it by white-knuckling it or trying harder. These characteristics are a byproduct of God's Spirit cultivating God's character in our deepest selves. When God's love and faithfulness marks our life, it, it ultimately reflects Jesus in this world, and we are on the road to wisdom. I found just the other day an extra-biblical proverb concerning friendship, and it says, A faithful friend is the medicine of life, and they that fear the Lord shall find him. Who of us could use the, the balm or medicine of your friendship? Who do you know right now that that could serve as that for you. A prayer really is, Father, help me to be this for others, and thank you for those who have been this to me. So let me get to something practical, some observations, and then maybe some suggestions. Where I live, it seems that the most precious commodity is time. Not really money, but the the, the precious resource of time. It's it's almost as if someone would be embarrassed if they didn't respond to the question, how are you, with the answer, really busy. So you've got work, maybe a family, and lots of responsibilities, and you can only spend this hour one time. The same with the next hour. So now connect the lack of time belief with the next observation. Almost everyone I encounter, not everyone, but almost everyone wants deep friendships, authentic, uh, transparent relationship. And some people are wired to, to desire several friendships like me, and others need just one or two. But bottom line, we were made for life-giving relationships, of course, with God and others. In fact, all of what God is into hangs on the idea and the notion of loving Him and others 
as ourselves or as we do ourselves. And maybe someday we should talk about that last piece. However, people are struggling to first find the relationships and then make time for them. So if you take the idea of no time, having no time or being too busy, plus the deep desire for friendship, and then add the fact that people readily admit that even though they want quality, loving, and encouraging relationships, they don't really pursue anyone. They don't ask someone they know who would be encouraging um, to go and hang out or invite them to their home. And if maybe they did in the past and they were denied, it didn't work out, rather than trying again or moving on to the next person they could try to get in touch with, they sit in the perceived rejection. Well, I tried before and they said no. That probably means they don't like me. Well, maybe not. Maybe maybe it was just no for that time. So it would make sense then why people would be lonely. The math of it again says no time plus created deep desire plus no pursuit. Well, that'll equal loneliness. So I want to encourage you with something. I want to encourage you to, to get intentional. I want, I want to encourage you to take time, even if it's just an hour, carve out time, one hour this week, to pursue someone to purposely encourage and be encouraged. Even one hour this week, uh, t- talk about what God is doing in your life. Um, share what's um, exciting or discouraging in life. Learn something about your friend. Laugh, uh, pray, share, listen. Encourage one another today. Why should... Why should people have to miss out on you? And why should you have to miss out on others? Hopefully, this is resonating in your spirit. And not as a judging, I I hope. That's not my intent. But to encourage you. Father, please help me to be a faithful friend like you are. And for those that are listening, God, give them the courage to, to pursue. And let them find what you've planted in them to look for, and that is deep friendship, deep relationship. And I pray these things full of expectation, and in Jesus' name, amen.